0: Welcome to the Gain Service Academy Admission Podcast. In these episodes, we will explore all things related to gaining a coveted appointment to the Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, and West Point. And here are your hosts, Rob Kirkland and Trish Penroth. Okay, uh, welcome uh, to another edition of the uh, Gain Service Academy Admission uh, Podcast. I'm uh, uh Lieutenant Crow, retired Rob Kirkland, and again, uh, joined by my co-host, uh, Captain Trish Penrod. How you doing, Trish?
1: Good. How's, I hope everyone else is good in our audience as well. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, so it certainly is. And today, you know, we've got uh, a special guest here. Um, it's uh, David Rule, who's um, a uh, Marine Corps veteran. He's uh been, uh, 10 years, uh, at, uh, platoon fitness, which is a, uh, which is a, uh, personal training, uh, facility, which uh, they have two locations in the Philadelphia, uh, area and, uh, platoon fitness is, uh, gain service service Academy's partner in, uh, training, uh, candidates remotely for the, uh, candidate fitness assessment, which is the, uh, uh exam that counts for about 10% of the evaluation for uh, service academies and so day i can't think of a better guy than david who's really kind of uh working you know uh with advising clients uh on uh, kind of improving their uh, fitness with uh you know for the CFA and so you know his really is i mean his qualifications are fantastic i mean we're looking at you know the certifications is almost like an alphabet soup of uh you know of the of uh, Things that, you know, you look for in, in a personal trainer and shows you kind of the quality of uh, platoon fitness and kind of what they bring to the table for, you know, CFA preparation. But, you know, some of his certifications include functional movement screen, uh, American Aerobic Association International, American College of Sports Met- Medicine certified personal trainer, level one Two kettlebell athletic instructor, MMA strength and conditioning coach level one licensed, uh, massage therapist and myofascial release and other, um, you know, techniques such as, such as those, uh, I know from, you know, my experience with myofascial that that's, uh, you know, fantastic and takes a lot of, uh, training in order to get to that kind of level with, uh, that type of, um, you got a body work, uh, KT taping and, uh, you know, dynamic neuromuscular stabilization and has also, um, You know, work with power lifters uh, and uh, and has successfully coached uh, a number of different athletes, including the team that uh, for Special Olympics that went that got a gold medal in China for powerlifting. So, uh, David, it's great to have you here today. Um, I know I kind of gave a rundown of things, but is there anything more to add to kind of the introduction
2: that I gave you there? No, that's plenty. I'm a humble guy. Todd put way too much.
0: well I mean what we want to do is kind of give you an idea of you know give the you know people an idea kind of of you know what you bring to the table and and really you know you know what you know to kind of give you know the people listening here today you know an idea of kind of you know how they you know how they can get more physically fit but I think also you know the specific things that they can use to improve the candidate, Uh, fitness uh, assessment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different stuff other than just straightforward working out that you can do that goes into it.
0: Yeah. Well, great. Well, yeah, well, we'll certainly get that to, to today. So, uh, so Trish, I mean, you know, before we get into uh, talking to David about kind of the specifics and kind of his thoughts about fitness and uh, things um, you know, obviously this is, you know, an important test uh, for the service academies and Can you go over a little bit about kind of how much it counts for and, uh, you know, some of the things, you know, that, uh, you know, and how this test is administered?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's one of the major aspects that you have control over to change in a short period of time as an applicant when you decide to go to West Point, USAFO, or the Naval Academy. And, you know, we use different terminology for each of the service academies. Uh, for West Point, we talk about the whole candidate score. And for the Air Force Academy, we, t- we talk about the selection composite score. But for both of these, the CFA takes up about 10% of the overall score. So this is, you know, a decent amount of what the uh, panels are looking at when you get admitted or when you get offered that appointment, but you also have to keep in mind um, that that's primarily for the admissions panel too. So, um, just the timeline that that you're taking these this test is, is important, and, and we'll definitely go into that uh, during this episode. But I uh, think it's a really good idea to figure out who you want to administer this test. Earlier rather than later, and let them know that you're interested. Give them that idea that you're planning to go to the service academy, and you're going to be taking this test. That way, they're on your side, and they can advocate for you. You know, at your location. So, and we'll talk about who can administer that test. So, for all the service academies, it's a gym teacher, your liaison officer, so your your ALO, your blue and gold officer, your field force officer, depending on which um, service academy you're applying to. Any JROTC instructor, and as well as any commissioned officer. And then for West Point specifically, um, you can uh, get the test administered from a non-commissioned officer. If you're uh, interested in the Naval Academy, a coach can administer the test. But because some people aren't necessarily sure on which service academy they're going to be applying to, we recommend that you use one of those first four. So your gym teacher, Lee as an officer, ROTC instructor, any officer. To administer the test that way, since it is the same test for all three service academies, you can take the test once and apply to any of the the service academies.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great rundown, Trish. And I would say that uh, maybe the one exception that pops up is the the uh, uh, that the. Uh, West Point requires uh, you to film the uh, push ups and the pull ups uh, or the flexed arm hang uh, kind of as part of this um, as, as part of this test. So that's a r- additional requirement that West Point puts on that the other um, academies don't. Um, so so if you're not sure about, but,
1: if but, you're going to apply to West Point, maybe still take that video just in case.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I would do because, you know, it's just, you, you don't know when the other academies might require that, but I think it's its probably a good idea to do that. Um, but for right now, West Point's the only one that requires uh, the the kind of the handheld video uh, for the, the uh, pull-ups, flexed arm hang, and the uh, push-ups. So, and of course, you know, we'd recommend uh, you going to the uh, CFA calculator page on the GainServiceAcademy.com uh, website, GainServiceAcademyMission.com website, to kind of get a general idea of kind of what you might score in the, uh, you know, in the, uh, the, the uh, you know, what's generally how you can score in each one and what the, what, you know, percentile you fall into. Sure. Of course. So, so good. So, uh, so with that introduction, David, I mean, on, on kind of, you know, the, the, you know, kind of how the test is administered through, uh, through the various, uh, you know, academies and kind of how much it counts for. I mean, it's clearly it's, it is a, uh, you know, significant part of it, uh, part of the, part of the, uh, overall evaluation. Um, I've got, you know, a candidate who right now, who, you know, is, is, is might not get into, uh one of the academies because that, that person can't do well on the test. So, you know, that can be a, a screening out criteria for some, um, for some, uh, candidates if they don't, uh, do, do well on that. So I guess, David, I guess my, my question to you, uh, is, is, um, you know, talk, talk about the CFA and, and your thoughts on the CFA and, and, you know, the, the candidates, at least that you work with in the past and how they've come into this and your experience with it.
2: Yeah. So a lot of the, the kids that's come in, um, I'll, I'll speak for myself that they've already been able to either pass it or pretty close to pass it. So it's, it's easier than starting with someone who can't do, you know, much of any of the stuff, but, um, the, as far as what they struggle with, definitely for the males or females, the the biggest things is the pull-ups and the push-ups or the flexed arm hang and the push-ups. And uh, so that that ends up being a big main thing that I work on them with. And then since a lot of it has to do with body weight exercises, a real easy way to increase that, is just through accumulation of repetitions. Wh- however, the, whether it's through sets or just accumulating them over time, however you want to do it. And then the, the other big part of it is just making the kids generally stronger all around because if you're generally stronger with your whole body and can bear more weight and do stuff like that, you'll probably find yourself doing better at all that other stuff
0: yeah no exactly I mean when you hit the idea the when you take a look at the uh sites like the service academy forums the pull-ups flexed arm hang seems to be the biggest uh the biggest uh concern of most candidates and one of the interesting things about the women is that uh is that uh even if the woman can do one pull-up that is counts more than than doing the maximum on the flexed arm hang, which I believe is around 33 seconds. So, obviously, getting uh, the uh, a female uh, to one pull up is better than you know maxing out and and you know if you can get them to one. Uh, so, you know, I why why is it why do you think David is that, that pull ups are so hard for a, a lot of these candidates? Is that they just not haven't been doing those exercises and it's just it's just. What, what do you what do you chalk that up to?
2: With with females, you know, I was a gym teacher, and I don't know if much has changed, but they were our, they they're told from the get go to not even try to do pull ups and just to go with flexed arm hang. So by the time they're an adult, you know, it's real. You know, it's a lot easier to learn to pull up when you're forty pounds and then forty five and fifty than when you're whatever you weigh by the time you're grown up. So, guys usually end up doing it from a younger age and developing into it like you would develop into lifting weights, but the other the other thing of it is these days is just kids are a little heavier than they used to be, and mm-hmm. that's a real easy way to make pull ups uh easier is uh, get a little smaller,
0: yeah, no absolutely I mean yeah, I mean even what even ten pounds right, yeah. Yeah. Even ten, 10 pounds even. hanging
2: on you makes it harder. So 10 pounds off of you makes it easier.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, um, I, I guess, you know, that, um, given that, you know, that, you know, most of the candidates that work with, um, you know, work with platoon fitness are doing it remotely, you know, um, candidates from all over the country that, you know, come to platoon fitness in order to work with you. What, what do you think, what's your observations, the differences, uh, between say working with a per with working with somebody in person at your two locations in the Philadelphia area or working with, you know, the candidates from, you know, from, uh, you know, that are, that are kind of engaging with you guys nationwide that you do via, um, via virtual.
2: Uh, Well, one of the big things is, you know, if you're not in a gym, then you don't have access to, you know, some of the strength training stuff that you might use to otherwise make your, your life easier. So a lot of, a lot more of the stuff's done with body weight. Um, but, uh, as, as far as that, as far as that goes, you know, pull-ups pull again being the hard thing. Even for this, it's hard to train pull-ups without a pull-up bar. But all as far as, far as all of the other exercises goes, you know, as long pretty much as long as you have you know some some space and a, a teeny bit of equipment, then you'll be good with them. Um, yeah, the main the main thing that's different is figuring out how to be able to make kids stronger without heavy weights around them.
0: Right. Yeah, I imagine with uh, you know that the gyms will nationwide will start opening back up, and you'll be able to utilize things like a gravitron, uh, which I know has helped me uh, with pull-ups over the years, uh, and other kind of you know gym equipment that may become more available sort of in the coming months as you know gyms fully uh, open open back up. Trish, I know you. What's what, what's on your mind here right now? To ask David regarding you know kind of um, their preparation, and that I'm. Uh, I know you've. I know you've got a couple things that that are on your mind.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, so for me, when I see the list of the six events that candidates take, so the basketball throw, the pull-ups, or flexed arm hang, the shuttle run, sit-ups. Push-ups and the one-mile run. The main thing on that list that sticks out to me that I wouldn't have thought about before looking at this test is the basketball throw. Because what a what an interesting event to you know sit on your knees and take a take a, a basketball and throw it as far as you can. If, especially if you know people don't necessarily play basketball, they're not used to having a basketball and they're and they're. Arm and their hands. So, what is what are like some of the challenges that would you know as a trainer that you could work through with with that person in terms of strengthening that that aspect?
2: That's I mean that's an interesting because some people's hands aren't even big enough to hold a basketball. So there there's you know a lot of different problems for that. But you know as far as as far as throwing things it has a lot more to do with midsection stiffness and, and being flexible enough to let your power move through you smoothly. So, you know, there there's, you know, you can practice against a wall or one of those like things that, you, that has the net and it returns it to you. But eventually, you know, if you want to get probably stronger at it and develop the midsection strength. It might be counterintuitive, but you'd be doing things like farmer's carries or, you know, like put a band on you and have it pull you in that position. So you're resisting going forward with the the impetus of your throw. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of different stuff, but it would mainly be stiffness from the, the glutes up to the up to like your scapula
1: sure around the front. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, even though it is a little counterintuitive, yep. um, w- when you, <laughs> when you get somebody who comes to you, um, uh, what does it look like in terms of the, the workout plan that you give them since they are most likely going to be remote? Well, yeah, exactly. So it, it's, di- it's different if it's,
2: uh, you know, if some of these are classes with multiple kids then it would obviously be different if it's like an individual that i can do a little more specific with but you know you would first you know if if they know where they're at then you don't really need to put them through the the test you can just ask them but if they don't you kind of want to have a little bit of an idea where they're at and then you would, depending on where they're at with it and then where they're at with their athleticism you would just start with like general general strengthening and physical preparedness and then spend more time on the stuff that they're bad at and less on the stuff that they're good at and as far as how to you know program in the exercises for the event just pick one or two a day and you know say say you can do five pull-ups in a set you might do you know do two or three at a time and accumulate fifteen or twenty for your first day, and then next time you're at it, try to accumulate more, even if it's by doing, you know, twenty-four one pull-ups. Just just slowly accumulate more and more each day,
1: um, and then
2: when you cycle back around to it, you'll probably find that you're a little bit better.
1: Absolutely. And I, I really like the fact. Yeah, that Yeah, that's uh,
0: that's that's good, David. I mean, the good technique, I think, for certainly for the pull ups. And, and I think one of the things I know that you faced with these candidates, you know, uh, however, you've worked with them in, in the past is, you know, almost everybody who applies to the academy is doing some sort of, um, you know, some sort of sport um, you know, in, in during the year. So, you know, your fate, you might be facing a situation where, you know, you're dealing with a football player who you know, does a lot of upper body work, uh, but yet can't run, you know, a mile very, very well. You know, it's just not, you know, or, you know, football players carrying a lot of body weight can do a lot of pushups, but can't do, can't do a lot of pull-ups and, you know, or uh, you know, a cross country runner that you know, obviously you're not, you don't have to worry about the one mile run, uh, but you have to worry more about the pull ups or things like that. So, I imagine you know, getting that baseline is important, but also, you know, in tailoring that kind of uh, athletic plan, you also really have to understand the sport that they're involved with, right, and kind of what their schedule is.
2: Yeah, the hope is that their their coach would understand that they have some other stuff to do. But even if they don't, then a lot of what you work with, with the kid is to let them know that they're already doing a lot of the workout work for their, you know, for their, that they would help them for their program anyway. And to maybe when they come into the gym, use it to work on technique and learning different ways to like, take care of yourself. So you won't get injured during your season and you can keep up with your workouts and stuff like that but yeah to your point it's not a it's not a big guy's test it's a little guy's (laughs) or girl
0: yeah definitely i mean i I know that i've worked with a candidate recently who uh is a football player who's carrying you know a lot of extra weight and they're struggling to do you know four or five pull-ups
2: yeah that's rough you know I, yeah that you you, you would want to be doing a lot more than that and that's such an easy one to make up points on
0: yeah it's like 12 is the mat 12 is the uh is the average and i think what is trish what does this stop at i think it's like 20 something is the stopping point for men for men and so um you yeah. yeah yeah, somewhere around 20, I think, but 20, uh, but, uh, and then for women, it's seven, but seven and, and, but yeah, I mean, you're right, David, you know, any one more pull up that you can do, uh, is huge on that, on that, on that scale. Yeah. You know, so absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, I know part of you you know it. It's it, as far as uh, any of the other exercises. Um, you know any, any sort of thoughts on the uh, other exercises that kind of jump out at you? Um, you know, as far as for the CFA and you know things that that you've seen that that work well with candidates.
2: As far as like the body weight ones, like push ups, sit ups, pull ups. The, the those those ones. Those are the ones that are that are. By the time you can do them, then you just slowly accumulate and more and more each, and uh, that, that usually ends up pretty good that way. With the, with the basketball throw, like I said, the, the, the midsection stuff, and I'm not an expert in running. That was my least favorite part of being a Marine, but uh, the, the, as far as the one-mile run and the, the shuttle run stuff goes, obviously the shuttle run – you have to practice the run, but doing stuff like uh, prowler work or, or sets with kettlebells where you're doing heavy swings or heavy farmer's uh, walks and runs uh, and, and just do that uh, for sets like you would weightlifting or, or sprints like you would running. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess the, the one-mile run is – I'm not, I'm not a track expert and I normally don't go out on the runs with these kids, but, but what I tell them is you see where, you know, you you see what you can run a mile in, in, uh, you know, that that's just kind of, uh, easy conversational. You could talk with your friend if you were doing it. And then next time you go out, you try to shoot for like five seconds faster than that. And by the time you get to a point that it's hard and you can't have a conversation anymore, then you'd start to, you know, maybe back off and work on some shorter stuff with sprints. But um, yeah, usually even that stuff gets made better by some of
1: the strength and conditioning
2: inside the gym.
1: Yeah. David, is there a typical say? time yeah. that you start to see improvement? Uh, and how long would you say it takes candidates to start improving the, their scores on the test?
2: If, it, if it's someone who hasn't really doesn't have like a big background in exercise then they'll start they should start improving immediately at just you know just because they've probably already been strong they are strong enough they just haven't been conditioned enough to express it and then yeah the closer you get to the top of it the harder it is to, to make gains but you know usually in, in a month or two you'll be able to start to see, Noticeable like number and muscle and strength differences, and if if the, if some of these kids have six months to do it, yeah, six months you could go from yeah, you you should be able to do pretty good things with this if you wanted to.
0: Great, yeah, and that's our hope, right? Is to get kind of people uh, who can uh, you know kind of spend that amount of time with you uh, because what we're looking at is uh, obviously you know the test is given kind of in the October time frame that's around the usually when it's given and so right now you know we're looking at a really good start for everybody it would be kind of the uh, April May uh, time frame you know to kind of get uh, get started with this program so you know that's another reason David why we are having you on here now is that I think the ideal time to really start this preparation with you guys is really um, around now but you know you certainly can benefit with any time with with you with you all
2: Yeah. Yeah. This is a great time to do it, especially since if some kids are in school, they might have access to those gyms, you know. Um, But uh, yeah, there's there's not there's not a bad time to start it. And the earlier, the better.
0: Yeah. Well, good. Trish, I know I um, I know I cut you off there. What was your question?
1: Um, I was going to ask. um, Let's see about the nutritional aspect of the, of the, uh, six months of support that you guys offer and, um, what that could look like in terms of why someone would, would be going for that. And is there any other reason for other than just weight loss for nutrition?
2: Yeah, uh, there's plenty of reasons for it. Um, you know, a big reason would be for weight loss for, you know, for a lot of, for a lot of, Kids, especially young men, it might be weight gain, um, and you would hope that some of these kids would be gaining muscle through doing the exercises. Um, and, you know, to to a lesser extent, you know, it, it matters how finely tuned your body will work, you know, uh, it, if you're eating like organically and stuff like that. I'm going to admit I'm far from an expert in nutrition. I usually defer to one of the other guys I work with if anyone wants any like specific nutrition questions. But I know for myself, uh, yeah, basically what I work with the kids on is if they're overweight, how to lose weight, if they're underweight, how to gain weight, and how to understand how to eat enough to keep up with the work that they're doing because especially with young ladies, they can not want to, A, not want to do it, and B, be uncomfortable with the added weight that comes uh, from becoming an athletic person.
1: Ah, uh, that makes
0: sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, David, what you mentioned is this test uh, favors uh, those with less weight on them. Um, and so i imagine that you know in in most of these cases and you talked about how you know candidates are tend to be heavier today than maybe 10 15 20 30 years ago um, that in a lot of cases you know i think you know losing 10 pounds for you know a person may be you know uh, just a more more healthy just eating more more healthful health, healthy and then also just losing that extra weight may get that May get them uh, additional pull ups, additional push ups, uh, maybe a little bit quicker on the run. Uh, so, you know, I guess you know, a part of your initial screen, of course, is you know having them either you know have done a se- had done a, a fitness test already and, and a weigh in in order to kind of get night get a baseline on these uh, candidates.
2: Yeah, yeah. If weight's a problem, then we do that, and then the fitness assessment. And I. I I even, I wrote a small article before on, it's such an easy way to get your athletes to be more powerful, to just get them to lose weight. You don't even need to go to the gym and exercise. You just automatically become more powerful.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when you, I think I want to go back to our CFA calculator because, you know, uh, candidates should go back to that calculator and, you know, type in, you know, moving the needle from say, you know, uh, for a women from like say two pull ups to five, and see what that does, and you know, or you know, moving the uh, push ups to a certain level. I mean, you can see kind of what is going to move the needle forward with just you know getting one more pull up or things like that, and then you could see, you know, like you said, Dave, for those body weight exercises, if you know you lose some weight. Uh, you know, the ability to be able to move the needle forward with, um, you know, getting higher up on the, uh, on the percentile score is going to be a big deal.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the, yeah. One of the easiest ways to do it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so one of the other things, uh, that that you guys do that was really kind of caught my, uh, my eye was, uh, kind of you know mindset. Uh, you know, mindset and how kind of <clears throat> your work, w- your work with candidates regarding mindset uh, may also give them a, an advantage on this test. And so what is that all about, David, the the, the mindset piece that you guys work with candidates on?
2: Well, so I know Jim, gym, Jim's for me have, have always been a place where you can develop mental toughness. And I, I was, uh, I was a, uh, and I was an enlisted person and I joined when I was 17 and I kind of had a hard scrabble youth. And I, and I told them that one of the things I talked with them about is, you know, they're going to be dealing with some, some, they're going to be in charge of some people eventually that might be, you know, 10, 15 years older with them with kids close to their age that don't want to hear anything that they have to say. And just kind of like, you know, learn learn how to be able to shoot the shit in a way that, you know, sometimes people from certain areas haven't been able to do.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, what I was, you know, also thinking about was, um, you know, as they kind of build towards this test, uh, the, you know, the physical fitness test, you know, that, you know, kind of visualization of, you know, kind of, you know, of being able to do well on this test and, you know, having the confidence when they go into the test to do the best job that they can. I know that, you know, sports visualization and sports, uh, you know, motivation and things like that are, you know, kind of key things that athletes use in order to do well on the test. And if you look at this test, I mean, it's a huge part of their of they're getting this uh, this appointment, so you know there's nervous there's nerves going into this test. There's you know positive visualization. You know there's there's motivation that you need to keep continue through this program. And and I know you guys are you know really kind of you know work with the candidates on kind of that kind of you know visualization piece. You know the motivation piece.
2: When I was I, I remember when I I used to compete in weightlifting and. The visualization beforehand was a big thing for me. And one of the things that I took away from my coach was to never have, never, you don't want to ever fail in a workout, especially you don't want to ever fail close to a competition. You always want to remember, you know, doing things with ease and being successful. And there shouldn't even be a a vision in your head of failure. So I've been lucky with working with these kids and a lot of them have already been confident or if they weren't confident, they hit it well. But yeah, it's it's a, a, a big a, a big thing of, you know, how hard you're going to work. And the, the mindset is the, the first thing that even gets you into the gym to do anything at all. If you don't have the mindset, then you probably won't work hard and you won't be putting effort into the work that you are doing.
0: Yeah, and the mindset I think is even more important with you guys working with people remotely. As I mean, how do you motivate and keep you know people you know engaged uh, at a distance? And so you know that's kind of brings in the piece even more. You know, not having a you know personal trainer in front of it, but being able to leverage you know your guys' expertise on this. So yeah, so it's a big deal. I mean, you know, these candidates have a lot. Going on in their heads. I mean, they're you know applying for colleges. They're getting ready for interviews, doing essays. The senior year is you know is the you know junior going into the senior. Then the senior year is quite uh, busy for them in the fall. So um, so you know they're under a lot of pressure. And I think you know the services that you guys provide to kind of get them in the right mindset. Uh, for this test, I think is, 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 is a big deal. So, um, yeah, that was really, I mean, you know, the, the workout plan the nutrition plan, uh, and, you know, and the kind of the mindset piece is certainly all appealing to me. What about, uh, the group classes? I know you're doing some online group classes that may be uh, of interest to some of the, uh, some of your, uh, remote folks. Yes.
2: We we do have online group classes. I, I'd have to defer to Todd on that because, as far as the group classes go, I'm I'm generally not teaching them. There's some of the other guys that are assigned to that, but I'll, I'll, he's he's right here, so I'll pass that question. Do you want me to again.
0: talk about that, Rob? Yeah, yeah, Todd. Yeah, we didn't even rec- we didn't even uh, introduce you, Todd. I didn't even know you were on here. So, Todd, why don't you go and just introduce yourself for a second?
3: Uh, my name is Todd Scott, and I work with Platoon Fitness, um, and I work with Dave. Uh, Dave and I have been working together for over 10 years, um, and I've been in this industry for 26 years. Um, so it's really a, it's a pleasure to be involved with Gain because we really believe in the service aspect of getting these kids out there and uh, deployed and actually working on behalf of, uh, of our country. Um, And it's something that Dave uh, holds sacred and I hold sacred and a lot of us here with the name Platoon Fitness, you can imagine uh, we tend to attract uh, people with somewhat of a military background or at least uh, people who uh, believe in the military. Um, So back to classes, we have uh, pre-COVID, we had a number of classes live and we did everything from yoga to, um, you know, any type of hit class. Boot camp, of course, and all that. A platoon originally started 25 years ago as the first boot camp in the country for civilians. And uh, that was really how we got our initial start with, uh, with that. So fast, flash forward to today, uh, a lot of things are virtual. All of our classes are virtual except for one now, but we anticipate them going back to live by May. Um, those classes uh, can be found on our website The one that would specifically um, benefit uh, the candidates would be our boot camp outdoor class. It's delivered exclusively outdoors, and it's usually done at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, It's one hour long. It's full body. Monday's lower body. Tuesday's upper body. Wednesday's more cardio. But every day has cardio in it, and then the cycle repeats Thursday and Friday, Saturday, it's instructor's choice. They generally do full body or specialize in some sort of a maintenance uh, delivery system. And again, that's done outside rain, snow, shine, whatever it is. And it's been done for uh, over 25 years Um, that can be joined virtually through Platoon Zoom and a lot of the other websites, a lot of the other classes as well. Now, we're creating um, Service Academy Zoom. Uh, so that people can go into these service academy classes specifically and they'll be directed automatically to whatever the class would be in their program at, at uh, for that for that particular person if that makes sense um, are there any questions I can answer for you on the virtual classes that we offer that's part of the, pre- the package
0: yeah yeah David that's I mean uh, Todd that's great um, yeah I would say that uh, you know the importance is of the recording uh, of the program uh, of these so that like our, our um, candidates on the west coast who. Uh, maybe that might not be able to join live. Would of course be able to access um, the course via um, you know some sort of recording in order to be able to kind of join join along, even though it's not necessarily live.
3: Once we go back to the normal progress of being live and in person, there would be a six thirty a.m. and a nine thirty a.m. class, so that would accommodate people on the West Coast as well as the evening classes or late into the evening. They could join those as well. So we'll make sure that we you know take into consideration their time. Uh, they where they are in the time scale and all that stuff. Um, and then just to add into what you were talking about before um, the warrior mindset, something I think that's really important to these candidates. It's something we work on kind of behind the scenes. What we say is we give them what they uh, want and then we sneak in what they need. And part of that is the, the mindset of what they're going to need to be able to endure once they get into whatever they're choosing to do. Um, and the last point I'd like to make is uh, David is great at getting people into shape and whipping them from wherever they are to the next level, whether they've already perfected the the uh, CFA or they can't hardly even think of what a CFA is. It doesn't really matter. He can prepare them and get them in shape. The one caveat to what I've heard you guys talk about today is he's also and really his expertise is working with people that are injured. And getting them back into playing and making sure that we prehab them or make sure that they don't get injured in the first place. And that's a common thing we see with cadets is they get out and decide they're going to run 20 miles on their first try. And then they have plantar fasciitis and they have all these other uh, base injuries that they shouldn't have had. And that can reoccur once they go, uh, you know, live and go into actual service. So we want to kill those monsters while they're little. And that's kind of Dave's, uh, specialty and how he works his programming. Hope that helps.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, Todd. Yeah, that's that's great. Thanks for that uh, rundown. I, and and you mentioned about injury, and and I I I think that uh, for our um, you know for the candidates that are doing say contact sports in the fall like football yep. Uh, yep. and others, there's always that chance of injury uh, in particular. And you know we need to keep in mind. I think as we're as uh, you know, can't people listening on candidates listening to this podcast that, you know, that, you know, usually what you want to try to do is get that test in bef- uh, before the season begins, before that contact begins, because if you, you know, get a serious injury or, you know, or b- leg breakage or whatever, then, you know, then you're unable to take that test. So, you know, so what's, I think what's great about what, you know, David and you are doing is kind of this individualized kind of you know, treatment of the person, you know, knowing what sport they're in, you know, what their schedule is and tailoring kind of it based, tailoring it based on their sport, as well as, you know, how well they do on the baseline CFA.
3: Yeah. I mean, it is important that they, that they immediately get that CFA done. I don't care who does it, coach or, you know, anyone, it doesn't really matter who does it. What matters is that we get that very first one done and see, At least partially get a glimpse of what where they are, and then we can start making a plan. And we're going to redo that the test again and again anyway, and we'll see what the progress is. I would say, based on you know considering what you just said, uh, in twenty years of, of prepping these kids for for service academies, it's exceedingly rare to see injuries from sports exceedingly rare where Mm -hmm. we see injuries is where they've decided to go up 50 pounds in kettlebell or they're going to run 20 miles or they're going to hike you know the adirondacks over the weekend or they're they're going so far beyond where they should be or they're doing something that's out of the scope that they should be for preparing for this specific test and that's where they get hurt it's not in the lacrosse football tennis it's not in that stuff it's in it's an improperly training for something that they don't need. We prepare them specifically for this test and uh, whatever test they want to do. If it's it's the service academy test, then that's what we're preparing them for. And we don't go outside that scope except to prevent injury and make sure that we're creating virtuosity in that person. Um, But first order businesses kill that test and make sure that it's an afterthought, not am I going to pass it, but how badly can I kill this test? (laughs) <laughs> and it is, you know, as you know, it is a little bit of a game in terms of you don't want to, you can only get so many points. So you have to know where you are and start thinking when you're, when you're doing the CFA, once you get to that level, I've reached my maximum number of points. There's no reason to go further with this and let that go. And a lot of kids will go past that just to kind of show what they can do. It doesn't add any value at all. So you have to have the discipline to stop where you are at the maximum point. And then go to the next uh, event more uh, more fr- uh, fresher. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things where you have to see, you know, what is that additional training going to move the needle anything more? And then I'd kind of go back to the CFA calculator again to kind of, you know, kind of see, you know, where your, um, you know, where you know additional work would be needed in order to kind of move that needle forward but yeah absolutely and and i think it's a great point todd you know that that uh you make that you know that we talk about you know that freak football injury but the reality is that the that the candidate actually self-destructs on themselves
3: by uh overtraining absolutely and not eating correctly or trying to cut weight by not eating or trying to gain weight by eating you know just absolutely the wrong foods too quickly Um, we recommend, uh, meats and vegetables, nuts and seeds, a little bit of fruit and no sugar, um, is a good place to start. But a lot of these kids need to drill down from there. So we ask that they keep a 48 hour food log to start. And then we start looking at where you can't change something without knowing where it is. That's why we want the CFA upfront. That's why we want a food log. And to that end, Dave's an expert at taking people that are not mentally completely prepared and making sure that when they go into these uh, service academies, they're going in Mm -hmm. in the proper mindset. It's not something to be scared of. It's something to be prepared for and to have the proper mindset. If you're buttoned up when you go in there, it's going to make it a much more, I don't want to say enjoyable, but a much more uh, complete process and you'll get more out of it. You won't have to worry about the little things. You'll be able to concentrate on your grades.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, Todd, that, that's awesome. I mean, so what we're talking about here, you know, with, with what platoon fitness gives is, is really, it's not just, you know, preparing for the CFA, but you're almost like in, in a lot of ways, preparing him for get for, for the Academy.
3: Well, our backbone is personal training. 90% of what we do and 90% of what we've done for the last 25 years is preparing people for life, human performance and all that. The bottom line is behind the scenes, what we're talking about is, yes, they're going to lose weight, get stronger. Yeah, they're going to get all their outcomes. But like I said, we're going to give them what they want and sneak in what they need. And part of that is mentally preparing that Fortune 500 executive uh, to make sure that she's ready in the boardroom for what she has to do in there as well. A lot of the people that come to us, uh, top level executives that that run Fortune 500 companies or you know, whatever they're doing, they come to us because they don't want to think the hour that they're with us. They want the outcome, and they have to have that edge. They need that little bit of mental preparedness that you get from things like meditation, that you get from things like working out, that you get from things that you need to do to maintain yourself mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually, and of course, even financially.
0: Yeah. Hey, uh, Trish, um, I think you and I need to sign up here.
1: I do. I agree.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I need that edge now. I mean, shoot, I'm looking at my waistline right now. I need some. I need that edge too. Here, so so good. Well, uh, yeah, you you sold me. uh, You sold me, guys. I mean, on on this, and um, you know, I think I think it's great. Uh, You know, you said that in the end about you know that it's not just you know doing the average on it, but it's talking about exceeding you know, as you say in, you know, in, in your site, you say it's guaranteed to exceed standards. So, I mean, we're talking about, you know, just doing the best that you possibly can and, and moving forward. So, so it's great. So, you know, I, we'll just wrap this thing up here, I guess.
3: Um, you know, uh, David and Todd. Yeah, go ahead. Let me just do one more thing. Um, We are, there are two things that we talked about this morning that are important as well that we haven't really announced yet. One of them is, yes, it's money back guaranteed unconditionally. If they're not prepared to take the CFA and they don't pass with flying colors, then they get their money back, of course. But beyond that, we're going to select one of the candidates that goes through, the one that we believe has really put the most heart, added the most to the team to the rest of the people in there as well, because this isn't a an organization. They're not join, joining an organization that's based on one person. It's a team oriented, interdependent um, organization where you have to, you need other people. You know what I mean? You need them to help. Um, so what I would say is, we're going to select one of these people. Uh, you and I and David and and the instructor are going to really select this person, and we're going to fly them out here and have them spend two days as part of their training on us, we're going to pay for their hotel, we're going to take care of their flight, and they're going to spend some time really enmeshed in the, the, uh, the environment here and in the culture that we have at Platoon. So we're going to give them a little bonus. Wow, that's, uh,
0: that's fantastic. That's great. I,
3: I heard everything except that last part
0: about flying them out there. But hey, you know, the person that may be the best may be uh, someone in the Northeast. So they may, maybe you might give them a bus ticket. or you can pick them up in their car if they're from the philadelphia area because i heard the i heard the the biggest uh the 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 people with the uh you know the best mentality and the best uh you know the best people are there in the philly area
3: yeah, we are the best. No- not- <laughs> <laughs> the
0: yeah, place? they're not, they don't, they don't wimp out and go, they don't wimp out and go to Costa Rica like uh, Trish does. <laughs> oh, Trish.
3: We have to go visit Trish. I'd say
0: road trip.
3: <laughs> <laughs> road trip. That's
0: right. Well, great. Well, Todd, you know, uh, and, you know, David and Todd, thanks so much. I mean, did you, any final uh, thoughts uh, on your end regarding this, uh, the test and, and um, just, you know, before we sign off here?
2: No, sir. I'm excited
0: to help. Yeah, yeah. We're excited, too. Absolutely. All right. Well, great. Well, uh, well, thanks, uh, you know, this really informative uh, podcast here today on, this, on the CFA. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you next time. Thanks.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks, nice. guys.
0: You've reached the end of another episode of the Gain Service Academy Admission podcast. Connect with us at gainserviceacademyadmission.com. Love this episode of the podcast? Head over to iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you listen to, to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.